This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, June 20th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week, signaling specific inhibition of the CB1 receptor for cannabis use disorder, phase 1 and phase 2A randomized trials, is in Nature Medicine. AEF-0117, the first of a new pharmacological class, is the signaling-specific inhibitor of the cannabinoid receptor 1. AEF-0117 selectively inhibits a subset of intracellular effects resulting from THC binding without modifying behavior. In mice and non-human primates, AEF-0117 decreased cannabinoid self-administration and THC-related behavioral impairments without producing significant adverse effects. In healthy human volunteers with cannabis use disorder, AEF-0117 was well tolerated and did not precipitate cannabis withdrawal. These data suggest that AEF-0117 is a safe and potentially efficacious treatment for cannabis use disorder. Next is a study titled Identifying Biomarkers of Drug Use Recurrence Using Wearable Device Technologies and Phone Applications in Drug and Alcohol Dependence. This study remotely monitored biomarkers on 77 participants in an opioid use disorder treatment program in order to identify patterns predictive of drug use recurrence. A drug use recurrence was experienced by 44% of the participants. Garmin's stress score was observed to be elevated during the month prior to a drug use recurrence. A self-assessment questionnaire also displayed a difference during periods of drug use recurrence. The authors conclude that this technology is potentially useful in predicting drug use recurrence. A new study in Journal of the American College of Cardiology is titled Ventricular Arrhythmias Associated with Over-the-Counter and Recreational Opioids. This commentary discusses an article in the American Journal of Cardiology linking ventricular arrhythmias with loperamide and mitragyline. The study analyzed pharmacovigilance data and found over 1,000 cases of ventricular arrhythmia or sudden death for loperamide as well as 46 for mitragynine. The authors note that both loperamide and mitrogenine are available over-the-counter and are used often in high doses for their opioid effects. These data link these over-the-counter opioid agonists with lethal arrhythmias. Next, we have a study in Nature Medicine titled Alcohol Consumption and Risks of More Than 200 Diseases in Chinese Men. This study investigated the associations of alcohol consumption with 207 diseases in a 12-year Chinese biobank of over 500,000 adults. At baseline, 33% of men drink alcohol regularly. Their alcohol intake was positively associated with 61 diseases, including 33 not defined by the World Health Organization as alcohol-related. These diseases included liver cirrhosis, stroke, and gout. A new article in American Journal of Public Health is titled Spatiotemporal Analysis Explaining the Effect of Law Enforcement Drug Market Disruptions on Overdose. In this study, the authors examined the potential relationship between law enforcement activities and local and temporal changes in overdoses. The authors found that seizures of opioids and stimulants were associated with increases in fatal and non-fatal overdoses. The authors hypothesized that these seizures disrupted the drug supply, leading to periods of abstinence and persons with opioid use disorder seeking new supplies of unknown potency. 
While the authors note additional research is needed, they do suggest that early notification of law enforcement drug seizures to agencies that provide prevention services and referral to care could decrease overdoses. The next article in New England Journal of Medicine is titled Testing for Fentanyl, Urgent Need for Practice-Relevant and Public Health Research. In this perspective, fentanyl and its analogs are discussed as critical targets for harm reduction efforts. Recognizing the potential for fentanyl test strip use to reduce harm from fentanyl exposure, the CDC and SAMHSA issued a guidance document in April 2021 permitting their grantees to use federal funds for purchase. Emphasis is placed on making more wide-ranging the integration of other methods to check for other substances and illicit drugs. Our next article, titled Hospital Use and Mortality Among Decarcerated Individuals with Substance Use Disorder After a Large-Scale COVID-19 Emergency Prison Release Program, is in JAMA Health Forum. In 2019, New Jersey enacted the Public Health Emergency Credit Act with the goal of reducing virus transmission among incarcerated persons. This study sought to examine whether during post-release, persons with substance use disorders would tax the system. The study found no evidence that post-release rates of substance use disorder-related acute care visits or overdose deaths were higher for persons with substance use disorder released after the Public Health Emergency Credit Act compared to earlier periods. As a result, New Jersey's decarceration may offer a model for future policy reform. Our final article, titled The Fall of Roe v. Wade, The Addiction Specialist's Role in Championing Reproductive Rights, is in the Journal of Addiction Medicine. Persons with substance use disorder experience significant stigmatization in reproductive health and are less likely to use contraception and more likely to have unplanned pregnancies. As a result, they will experience a higher burden due to abortion access restrictions following the overturn of Roe v. Wade. The authors urge addiction specialists to incorporate reproductive health into their care, screening patients for plans or desires to become pregnant, and optimizing care and coordination with prenatal care providers. For patients who do not wish to become pregnant, providers must ensure contraceptive counseling and services are provided. The authors urge medical practitioners to become familiar with abortion services resources so that they are able to guide patients to safe and legal abortion when requested. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.